We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. I think this is episode number 531. Uh, Andy Martino episode talking about his book about the Astros cheating scandal came out Wednesday morning. Hope you guys listened to that and enjoyed it. I certainly had a fun time talking to him. Scott, today we're going to talk about something we've definitely touched on in the past, but is now a hot button issue. I don't know. (laughs) In Yankees Twitter, because, you know, we got to find something to talk about and complain about. It's the lineup construction. It's one thing to bat Aaron Hicks third. If that's the Yankees plan, at least until they move him out of there and drop him to the number five spot because he's struggling so bad. Okay. But when the lineup came out on Tuesday night and Brett Gardner was batting third, seemingly only the only reason I can think of is because he's a left-handed hitter. I think we need to have this conversation and we got a mailbag question from James. I'm going to kick it off with, with this, with this question. Not to belabor the Hicks batting third discussion, but one of the arguments for Hicks batting in that spot has been that analytics say you shouldn't hit your best hitter third. But if you look around the league opening week, almost every team is batting their best guy third, Trout, Yelich, Bregman, Harper, Ramirez, Abreu, Arenado, and on and on. Has the thinking around lineup construction changed again? Are the Yankees actually behind the times? This got me down a rabbit hole of nerd blogs on lineup construction and and what the optimal way to do it. So I figured this is this is the perfect chance to bring back 
eye test versus nerd test, right? How much does batting order matter? How should the Yankees be constructing the lineup? This is this is this is like what eye test versus nerd test is made for. This is exactly what it's made for. And what's up? I I uh, I'm excited for this one because. You know, when you dive deeper into some of the analytics and you look at what the nerds are saying about why things are more important than other things, it drives me a little a little bonkers. So I'm glad that we can flesh this out a little bit more and get into some uh, deeper dive on this lineup construction. Because when you have Brett Gardner hitting in the three spot, and this is something that's definitely happened before. I know, I know that uh, it's happened in the past in the playoffs. It's happened in... You know, different scenarios because Aaron Boone likes mixing up the lefties. And when you only have a handful of lefties, there's only so many things you can do. So yeah, let's uh let's let's get into this and and why things are actually happening. So let I want to start by this is I'm gonna start at the beginning, and maybe people listening are gonna say, of course, duh. But this is where I'm gonna start because I think it helps contextualize where we're gonna go, where it's gonna get pretty com- complicated, even even my head was spitting when I was reading the stuff yesterday. So why is the batting order important? Each batter's place in the order affects two things. The number of plate appearances they are likely to see each game and the number of base runners likely to be on base when they bat. Like literally, if you just boil it down to the basics, it affects those two things, right? Makes yes. sense. Players with, and, and the goal here is players with specific skills can provide an extra benefit at certain places in the order. An on-base guy in the leadoff spot is good because he gets on base more for your, in theory, number two, three, four, five hitters who are more run producers. Also, the other thing, flip side, you want to mitigate negative impact uh, that untalented hitters have in an important part of the lineup. So if Brett Gardner at age 38 years old, or as my dad texted me, age 55 years old, is batting third ahead of Giancarlo Stanton, Glaber Torres, Clint Frazier, that might not be the best thing because you're actually adding a negative where you should be trying to add a positive. We get those. Those make sense. Those all make sense. Those all make sense. I think that, yes, they all make sense. Now, and this is where the eye test versus the nerd test comes in because historically there's a traditional way to approach the lineup, which is the leadoff hitter is a guy who can get on base, run fast, steal a bag, et cetera. The number two guy is always a bat control guy, maybe moves the runner over to put up your number three hitter, who's usually your best batting average guy. And then you've got your power hitters at four or five, your boppers. Um, one article I read, it was, I thought, put it put it nicely. Number four, best power hitter. Number five, wannabe cleanup hitter. Like that, <laughs> that's what that's like what it's always been. And then basically it doesn't matter six through nine. You you just take you order guys by skill. And maybe if you want to alternate left, right, you can do that. That's kind of the traditional approach, how it was up until maybe 10 years ago. Do you want to like, when, when did this like, well, I mean, maybe, maybe you, you just said, you just said ago? you look around the league and you're seeing more of this traditional setup as well. So uh, has it changed that much? I mean, yes, certain, certain clubs do certain things to, we see the power hitters sometimes are going up into that number two spot. That's been like the glaring one that we've seen, I think, across the league, where that number two hitter is definitely more of an unconventional uh, player. Aaron Judge in the two spot is one of the more unconventional, you know, things that you see. I think within a, a lineup construction, if you're looking at the old school way to do it, old school way to do it, or you know, correct way to do it, you know, you choose, you choose whichever you want to, however you want to call it. But I think it's interesting because when you're looking at some of 
you know, the reasons for the, the nerd test of it as well is you have leadoff hitter, high on base percentage guy, doesn't need to be a guy that steals the bag, right? So this is something to me, the number one for traditional and number one for nerd tests are actually not that far off. I think the fact that, well, there, there's well, no more stolen you, bases. You're not going to steal a base. Stolen bases are right. now, are now, you know, going out of style because of the the long ball, because of the three, four or five guys. They don't want to steal those bases because they want the opportunity to knock them in. And a stolen base is a risk right. to get, uh, you know, clean a, a base path because they don't hit doubles in the gap anymore to, to, or a single, you know, to, to score a run from second. That is just old fashioned apparently. But those two, those two guys are very, yeah. very close in the same, in the same way. Still the, the speed guy that you want to, in the traditional lineup, still high, high on base percentage guy. Back in the day, you'd see more bunting. They'd get on base no matter what they how they could get on, but using, utilizing their speed to, uh, to really, you know, maximize the efficiency of getting on base. For sure. And, and I think the biggest change has been in the two, three, four, five spots, or really the two, three spots in the order, because the sabermetrics approach or the nerd test approach is that you put your best all around hitter and they boiled it down to WRC plus as the metric that you decide who your best all around hitter is to maximize his plate appearances. Then in the number three spot, you put a good hitter. Certainly you're not going to put a bad hitter, Brett Gardner, in the number three spot, but you actually don't want to put a, a hitter who is better you want to put better hitters in the number four and five spots than you do in the number three spots. And I'll explain why you there. There's stats that, that tell the stats, tell the stats so we can talk the about three the, hitter, and what they are. And then yeah. I'll, and then I wish less on. likely this. So the number three hitter on average comes to the plate with fewer, fewer times with runners in scoring position than the number four and the number five hitters. So if you are looking to score runs, you want to have a better hitter up when there's a guy in scoring position. Thus, you would put a better hitter up number four and five than number three. That's not to say you put a bad hitter at number three. It's just likely going to be your fourth or fifth best hitter in the number three spot. And if that's the, what the Yankees are doing, and that's why they're putting Aaron Hicks there, in addition to the fact that he's a switch hitter that can break up the righties, at least I understand it a little bit more. I cannot wrap my head around. I, I dare anyone to find me an analytic that says Brett Gardner should be batting third, even if it's one night a week. Here's where I think it makes absolutely no sense what that the way that that metric is weighted. And this is part of my problem with analytics in in uh, in in you know certain verticals. The way that that it's looked at, it's not taking into consideration other factors. The reason why the number four and five guys have the ability to knock in, you know, have more impact on the game or however you want to say it, more leverage situations, but have the ability to um, knock in runs uh, because guys are on base and in uh, scoring position is also because the number three guy is traditionally your best hitter. So is going to help that cause, is going to set that stage, which in fact is the full reason of the the traditional lineup. The, The reasoning is to set the stage, to set the table. One, two, one gets on, two, you know, can either, uh, you know, go the other way to move the runner over or find a hole. You have two runners on. Now you're in a number three spot where absolutely you want a guy that can control the bat well, that has the ability to either, if there's two guys on, move them over for the four and five guys to be able to clean them up. Or they're, 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 
they have a high uh, opportunity to get on base because they're, in theory, your most complete hitter, or at least one of two of your most complete hitters. So now you have the opportunity for them to have a higher impact. Yes, there are not the same opportunities for the four or five guys to have runners in scoring position because there's only two people in front of you every single time you start a game. So if the third runner, if there's a one, two, three inning, now the four spot and the five spot are starting with, you know, either nobody on, on base or potentially one person on base. So it doesn't, it doesn't take into account the set yeah, and the, and the, the fr- reason why those runners are there every single time for the four and five. It's because one, two, three are good hitters and they're in re- They're ready to go ready for four or five to knock them in, which again, lines up. Well, it does. It doesn't ignore the setup. It doesn't ignore the that setup. That stat does. And you're uh, like, you're right that the first inning of, of every baseball game is the only time in which you can order the lineup starting with the number one. It might happen again right. later in the game, but you can't guarantee it. So that's why the metrics, you know, might skew in certain ways because the number nine hitter might lead off or the number five hitter might lead off, whatever it is, d- depending on the game situation. A- a- another way to look at this, though, is that you, and, and this I think we both agree with, put your on-base percentage guys ahead of your slugging guys, right? That that just makes sense. Of course. Of course, at the table. Right. And and then if you're doing that, which the Yankees are doing it mostly, they're not doing it in the in the Brett Gardner sense, but they're doing it mostly where you have on-base guys ahead of Judge, ahead of Stanton, ahead of when Voigt returns, whoever... Then what you're trying to do is you're trying to mitigate the the cost of outs. That's just an inverse way of looking at this. And these statistics show that the importance of avoiding outs is actually ranked by the number one hitter, then the number four hitter, then the number two hitter, then five, then three, then six, seven, eight, nine. And this is basically just saying if the guy up makes an out, how costly is it to you scoring a run? And it goes one, four, two, five, and then three, meaning three is actually the fifth most important position in the lineup. When traditionally you would say it's the most important or the second most important position in the lineup. So again, I think this is also when you're looking at these, these stats, there's another thing to consider here. The one and one and four are the highest, correct? One and one and four are the highest because there is probably a, a very high percentage of time where the number four hitter is now your leadoff hitter in the second inning. So of course Correct. it's going to follow Correct. the number one because that's most likely a, a, a high you know percentage situation, right? You, that guy now needs to be on base or have an impact by, you know, a solo shot or whatever that looks like. So that does make sense to me. But again, yep. the, you have, let's take it back to the Yankees lineup here. Aaron Hicks as a number three hitter, high on base percentage guy, I think you and I both agree that Aaron Hicks is an ideal leadoff guy because of the way that he takes the walk, because of the fact that he gets on base. Not to say that DJ LeMayu is not a good leadoff guy, because he is. He's another one of these guys who can do a lot of the uh, the things that you want out of a out of a leadoff spot, and he's been very good in that in that in that position. I'm of the thinking that if you have a very good high percentage on I'm sorry on base percentage guy in Aaron Hicks now you can actually push that lineup back one spot and have more of these guys in higher higher production situations by having DJ LeMahieu in the two spot and Aaron Judge in the three spot. And now, to me, 
you're not putting Aaron Hicks in a situation where he's trying to do something a little different than his, that's not his number one skill set. And that's work the count to get the pitch that he wants to, you know, take the We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If need be, he's actually up there more of an opportunity to make an impact. And I think that that affects the way that he approaches the at-bat sometimes. We're seeing more strikeouts. We're seeing, I know we've only had a few games, but let's overreact. We're seeing more strikeouts. We're seeing things where he's, you know, pressing a bit and, and now exploiting the reason why he's maybe not in that three spot. I would love him in the nine spot, even more than the three spot, to be honest. Well, okay. If the Yankees are truly looking at analytics, they're never going to do that. As as we just said, the nine spots. The, the fifth the spot is your second leadoff they hitter. Don't think Aaron Hicks the, is the, the least. The nine spot is your second. Uh, is it, I'm sorry. The fifth, the five spot is your second power hitter, and the nine spot is your second leadoff hitter. So let's go. Well, then why do pitchers traditionally bat ninth in the National League? Because they're trash. I don't know because because it's the the National League is. Uh, you know, they're still batting people that don't deserve to have a bat in their hands. I don't know. And they're trying to bury them as much as possible. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area, and it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash Bronx 21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Bronx 21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash Bronx 21. But you asked the important question, and that is, 
is Aaron Hicks the best number three hitter for the Yankees? And how should the Yankee how should the Yankees be applying this to the players that they have? Because remember, you have the players that you have, and you have to best utilize those players based on all this data. There was an a good article in Fangraphs called A Lineup Construction Experiment that basically took nine players and organized them differently to figure out results. And they used a modern approach. They used a traditional lineup, modern approach, meaning sabermetrics, traditional meaning what we talked about, speedy on base guy, bat control guy, batting second, et cetera. And then they intentionally created a bad lineup, put their worst hitter first or put their second to worst hitter second, et cetera. And what the stats ended up showing is that the modern and traditional approach basically yielded the same results. The bad lineup performed worse by 26 runs over the course of 162 games. It might not sound like a lot, but that could be four or five wins. It, yes, it, it, it absolutely could be. I think one of the biggest things for me when I'm looking at this conversation, and actually at the end of the article, there was a quote that I put in our notes. And to me, this does tell a big story of, of what to look for. And in fact, I think some teams have the ability to do this a lot more than other teams. And it's not because it's, it's you know, it's by choice. It's more because of their situation. So Kevin Cash is a great example. They were using him in the article about, um, you know, pinch hitting Mike Broussard for, uh, for, uh, for somebody else, for, for Troy, I think to, to have that, the lefty, the lefty uh, batter in a particular situation late in the game. I think it was, they used the example of the world series game six. When you're, uh, when you're looking at that, they don't have everyday guys sprinkled into their lineup. They have guys that they've, they plug in and plug out and they're tough, but what they're, they're doing a tough example when I understand that, Yankees, but what they're though. doing, and I think this is, this is an important thing to understand is uh, the quote was the, the takeaway should be that the, the best way to optimize a lineup is to maximize the performance of the batters in it without worrying about whether the best hitter should hit second or third. And to me, that is not doing, that is not the case when you put Aaron Hicks in the three spot. I don't think you're giving him the most success to win it's not at all. that particular at bat because it is actually does not go down to his skill sets that are best suited for him. And when you're doing that, you're starting the game in that way. Kevin Cash is creating these situations, not caring who his two and three spot is because again, different situation, not everyday lineup guys. So he's got the ability to do that a little easier. He's got more plug and play, lefty righty, to to mess with the matchups and look at those the numbers against particular matchups. But when you're starting the day in this situation that to me is not ideal, I don't know what you're intending to do beyond get a lefty in there and think about this righty lefty thing from the beginning rather than treating it more like a situational play later in the game. Cuz to me, if you have the ability to do that, that's where it comes into play. It's more matchup based rather than looking at you know, the, uh, a, a guy having four at bats in a game. Exactly. But the Yankees are not built with matchup players. They're built with mostly right-handed hitters who you want up against no matter who's pitching. Giancarlo Stanton, you want up no matter who, who's pitching. Glaber Torres, uh, Clint Frazier, all these guys. No, you're but what you do is you look within guys. those, those right-handed batters that you're talking about and identify who has the ability to create a similar type of matchup for a righty lefty and you're looking at the splits Correct. and you're identifying who can handle a on a particular day even i'm like i don't or, even care if this lineup changes a little bit depending on who the who the person is who the pitcher is and what kind of what kind you know what they throw might affect how a right-handed batter is you know creating success against a guy like that so i i don't think it needs to be 
um, necessarily clean cut. But that said, I get I, I would I would put some money on the fact that you look at the the two three hitters as Lomayhu and Judge that those are probably going to be the guys you're going to want to go with on a, on on most days, right? Most days, unless you see a clear matchup situation and then yeah. you have Brett Gardner batting third. Well, right. And, and like based on all the stuff we just talked about, okay, even if the number three hitter is the fifth most important guy in the lineup, you can't tell me that Brett Gardner was the fifth best hitter in the Yankees lineup last night. He wasn't, he was the eighth best hitter in the Yankees lineup. The only one worse was Kyle Higashioka who caught Garrett Cole, which we will talk about, not on this episode, but we will definitely talk about that. Yeah, I mean, Brett Gardner's a with that hitter. Uh, it's a lefty-righty matchup. That's exactly what that was. That's that's what that was. Jay Bruce is there. Why not put Jay Bruce? Why not put Jay Bruce there? If you're really just dying for a lefty, and Jay Bruce probably better offensive player than Brett Gardner at this stage. If that's all you're dying to do. There's, if, there's if, clearly if, something if else he's looking at. Be, what is he trying of, to do? Are we burying people in the three spot now? But what is Boone trying to do? What's his ultimate goal with putting Hicks third or Brett Gardner third or insert a left-handed batter third. Is he trying to get better batter versus pitcher matchups? Is he you, trying to uh, think about tough reliever options late in the game? You like, could also he, look at the what's three his spot end goal being there? a place where you can add someone who, who handles the strike zone well. So if a ball is in the strike zone, who's making... That's a stat that we can look up, actually. This is, this is a Bob stat. Who's who's barreling up the most balls when the when the uh, ball is in the strike zone? I'm pretty sure that's one of the nerd numbers, isn't it? Identifying that can give you a little bit more of a glimpse potentially as well because there's protection. So you have some you have you know some big guys behind you. Theoretical theoretically you have protection by the, the with the four and the five. So if you're trying to create a better situation for more strikes being thrown. Putting a guy like Hicks or Gardner in that in that spot, if they are one that impact strikes more more so than uh, a particular batter, I could see the case for for that because you're probably going to get more strikes. Right? They're not walking that guy. They're not walking Hicks in the three spot. They're trying not to at least. They're not exactly, and they're not going to walk Brett to Gardner. Get to so John they're going to attack the zone. No. Who can barrel up the strikes? Uh, best within that spot. And oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, bat lefty. But I don't even need to look at the stats. I can tell yeah, you DJ, DJ LeMay, LeMay, he was already up. So that's the thing. Like you're, if, if that's, if that's the case, then you're, you're losing guys who are getting on base as well. So, you know, I, DJ LeMayhew in the two spot to me is like the perfect situation. He's, he's as clear of a Derek Jeter as much as anybody. Yes. Which but I, that's a traditional I like approach. in the top of the line. That's a, tradi- that's a more traditional approach than a modern approach. I don't dislike it either, but I, 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 th- what do you think is more likely to happen? The Yankees move Aaron Hicks to the number, to the number one spot and, and move DJ to two judge to three or move Hicks to one, keep judge at two and then move DJ to three. Cause I think the latter is more likely to happen. I don't see them moving judge out of the two spot. I think they fundamentally believe in this. Your best all around hitter by WRC plus needs to bat second. I think that's their belief. Which do I think would happen first? I think that they could, um, what's the difference between WRC plus between LeMahieu and judge? It's gotta be close. Well, <laughs> that's it, all we need to look close at. the last two years, but, uh, you know, expected expected stats probably would say judges because because LeMay, he's not going to hit for the same amount of power. And but that, but that's again, twenty five home runs in the two spot, three spot does it? You know, again, they're dismissing the three spot. So I think that's look. I want DJ LeMayhew in the two spot because I think he's got more of an opportunity to create impact at the two spot. I think he does get on base a lot. Okay. But when you look at the on base percentages and and who they're 
I feel like we're wasting Aaron Hicks when he's got the ability to get on base via the walk. That's that's a takeaway from this article and something that like you use the Kevin Cash example. He's so good at utilizing his player's skills to the best of his ability and the best of their Agreed. abilities. And I don't feel that's what the Yankees are doing with Aaron Hicks. For the millionth time, this is nothing against Aaron Hicks. It's just his skill set does not fit what they use him for. And if they just tweak how they use him, I think Aaron Hicks could actually just be a really, really valuable player and we could all get behind it. But when he's expected to hit the number three hitter, you still, you look at the number three hitter in the batting order and yeah, you see a 222 well, I mean, batting average. You could say that also about the leadoff guy too. Why does this guy have a low batting average? But that's when you have to really dismiss what the batting average says and look at the on-base percentage because that's the real story with Aaron Hicks. That's the real story. And again, the, the uh, you know what a surprising stat right. was that we pulled out a few weeks ago? Yeah, and I was think- Clint Frazier's on-base percentage was, was, was actually higher than Hicks. So you have a couple on-base percentage guys that- that have the ability to, you know, to get on base, to set up the um, the opportunity for some of the bigger hitters, you know, maybe they'll toy around with uh, with Clint Frazier being up there in that three spot. But again, he's not a lefty hitter, so I don't know if I don't know if we're looking at uh, you know <laughs> that as being one of the criteria for uh, you know for what Boone looks at. Roughnet Odor, he has played every day, so that that's and as far as my prediction goes. As, my, as far as my prediction goes, I'm on track for Clint Frazier leading the team in games played. Roofnet Odor, you want to you want to chat about that? For we a should second? because I think that's adding an interesting little wrinkle into what could be a another lineup. If we're looking at a guy that's hit 30 home runs in the past, still relatively young. They have some control now. He's had. Isn't it crazy? He's only 27 years old. I was I had to do like a triple take on that. I was like, the guy has to be in his 30s by now. That's another opportunity to get, you know a guy in there that, that has the ability to, uh, to put the ball over the fence. <laughs> so that's, uh, that is something that I could see them doing it. And he's a lefty. He's a lefty. Cannot play shortstop. He's a left-handed bat, but he can't play shortstop. So, I mean, I understand they want to take a flyer on this because they could get real value here for no money. They're not paying him a cent and he actually will lower their tax bill if they add him to the 40 man roster, because if they're paying a, a Tyler Wade, the, the league minimum, guess what they're paying Roofnet or door? Zero dollars. So that lowers the tax bill if they add them to the roster. So doesn't, it get, doesn't change any anything with the uh, the backup shortstop situation. Exactly. So I, I understand taking a flyer on him, but I don't see how this helps what I think is still an issue on the team. And that's someone who can back up shortstop. No, it does not. It doesn't affect that. I think what they saw was an opportunity here. I don't think it makes all that much sense of what's going on unless we're we're hearing these these hints of Urshela and the elbow being a potential issue doesn't seem like it so far but who knows you know these things can can be a, a lingering thing that was a tweet i saw from eric boland and no one else really posted about that but eric boland tweeted that scouts during yeah. spring training said Gio Urshela's elbow does not look healthy maybe that's some insurance there i know uh, miguel anduar is is also still on the, in the organization still hasn't still hasn't oh, yeah. moved Forgot still still down there and they gave up uh, a couple prospects that odor's now controlled right for what two to three years is that is that accurate he he's still owed twenty seven million dollars, and the the Rangers are paying all of it because they they waived him. So they basically were like, we're either going to waive him and not get anything, or we could take these couple of flyer prospects from the Yanks. Yeah, and he strikes out a lot. The all or nothing 2019, 30 home runs, batting average of two hundred five, one hundred and seventy eight strikeouts. I mean, 
Oh yeah. It's, it's a lot. The prospects they gave up are, are actually, I thought were interesting because I, I know both of them, you know, Josh Stowers is the guy that came over in the Sonny Gray trade via the Mariners for Shed Long. So they got Shed Long from Cincy and then immediately turned uh, him into Josh Stowers from the, from the Mariners. But he was, he was a name that, that had some, um, some decent success in the minors. And then Antonio Cabello was a guy that, that was actually, uh, Ben Badler was talking about him a lot when I had him on the show about a guy to look out for that he's been in the Yankees organization. I think since he was like, you know, Gary Sanchez style, like 16, very early, he's been in for a while and had some, had a good, um, initial year, I think in Pulaski or low a somewhere and, and then got injured. Um, and then had, I think a, a, a tough, uh, year back, but he's a guy that they were high on as a corner outfielder. Um, and still, you know young. I think he's still 19 years old. So I was surprised that they gave up someone for him. In the Rangers press release, they they said that they acquired outfielder Josh Stowers and outfielder slash catcher Antonio Cabello. Um, I've been seeing him come up as a catcher after I looked it up this morning, and I had to go back and remember, uh, make sure I was my memory was good because I he I know he was with the Yankees as a corner outfielder. So right, the Yankees never listed him as a catcher. So um, I mean, who 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 knows or cares about that? But yeah, I mean that 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 trade definitely surprised. It, it was funny the trade was announced uh, during when I was recording with Andy Martino. Oh, so nice. we paused for a couple minutes so he could check his phone because his phone was blowing up because um, the Yankees made a trade. Not that it was like a groundbreaking trade or anything, but I think it was more, yeah, I, mean, I, I, really I think it was more thought, opportunistic than anything with the, of the, the, the type of guy that they, that they had. And you know how that goes, right? So some nerd number seven in Cashman's department says, huh, man, Brian, I found some underlying metrics that say Roofnet or door is going to hit 33 home runs this year. You better pick them up. Yeah. In the regular season. Oh, and then he's going to strike out in the postseason when he's going up against a tough lefty. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say, but uh, I, I thought this lineup construction thing w- was timely and interesting to actually find out that the analytics say the number three spot is less important than the four or five spot. I played the nerd angle f- from it. I don't agree with it. Okay. I'm with you. And, and just, and also to be, to be very clear, like when we're discussing this and looking at this in a, in a, in a vacuum, this is based on regular season numbers. When you get to the playoffs and you're talking about, I, I keep talking about this, you know, the tough righties that are going to be going, opposing the Yankees in the playoffs. Cause that's who we face. Those are the guys that we face that shut down this team. All of this lineup construction and the fact that you're you're putting you're putting these um, these these high production guys, home run or bust, or you know high production guys in the four or five spot. You need the table to be set. You need it to be set for the way that the Yankees. We've we've proven that them waiting for the home run doesn't play. It just doesn't. It's not. It's not a way to win a championship. It's not a way that they've 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 gotten to. This point, I think even you look back in 2017, you know, it wasn't all home run or bust. Like that team was rolling offensively. They had some opportunities where they were, they were, you know, creating um, hits. They were, they were moving the, the base runners. Like they were doing things that felt fun and, and like real baseball. It wasn't just home run or, or bust, which has been the, the makeup. And you can get away with that in the regular season. All of these are regular season numbers. It's a different animal. When you are putting yourself in a position to win a championship and going into short series against the best pitchers in baseball, it's just different. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Boone was already asked the question by Joel Sherman, when are you going to move Aaron Hicks out of the three spot? That was after the weekend series in which Hicks had a rough series. So he got the day off on Tuesday and that's why Guardy was in. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. I expect him to stick in the number three spot. 
and then maybe he'll he'll bounce down to the number five spot. He's not going to be moved to ninth. I don't see that happening. No, it, you know, again, that goes back to more of the traditional uh, type when you're turning a lineup over and getting your guys uh, potentially on base. That would really what it's doing is just it gives me Lemayhew at the two spot <laughs> in right. in, a, in a back in a back ass way. That'll do it for for this episode. Scott and I will be back at you definitely on Friday morning, maybe maybe tomorrow with something if if something happens. We'll find out. It'll be a mystery. Talk to you guys then. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.